Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast. A podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your hosts, Jared and James. Today we're talking about one couple's Lorcana and TCG journey. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week we talked about set one reprints and all the stuff that goes along with that. And today we are joined by none other than the Lorcana Queen and King, otherwise known as Carmen and Eric. How's it going, guys? Hello, hello. We're doing well. We are so excited to have you on here. And I think Carmen and I have been talking on Twitter for probably a couple weeks now and I mean, obviously, you first caught my eye when uh, when you posted your pack openings, but uh, it, it's just been fun to watch you grow on Twitter. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely fun to open them. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it definitely is. Uh, so mentioning the, the pack opening, uh, you do really fun uh, Disney-themed edits, and uh, they're all like, they're just awesome, fun to watch. So tell us how, you know, you got into wanting to do that or even how you started doing that and just how, um, you know, you got your content creation journey started. Oh, yes. So basically it all started uh, from the idea from my husband since uh, he obviously opens the Pokemon packs and he did put the dots in my head of creating pack opening videos. So we decided to start making them together with Lorcana. Okay, but your edits are so good. Like, is that a <laughs> skill you already had, or is that something you've learned as you've started doing oh, your Lorcana pack openings? That comes most from Eric. Like, we're we're a team, so yeah. I mean, we we obviously do it together. We sit down, we storyboard, pretty much. We come up with the ideas, but I mean. In all honesty, I went to uh, film editing school like ages ago. <laughs> so we come up with the ideas together. She comes up with a lot of the themes um, and and picks out like the Disney clips and things like that. And will be extreme critic. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a critic for sure. <laughs> no, all the all the great content creators seem to be. Um, I don't know if you know Brandon from B Squared, but. Uh, Yep. He is very critical of his work. And I'm just like, buddy, your work is good. He's like, no, but it has to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> She'll give me the general idea. Uh, I'll I'll try to put pen to paper, basically, in editing. We go through that about 20 times because she'll come in. Uh, after I've done some editing, I'll say, you know, here's here's what I got. How, how do you like it and she'll rattle off a list of five to ten things she wants to change <laughs> there's okay, still about five so... to ten things to change like on on version 20 though right <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> so so you mentioned uh 
that Carmen gives like the the Disney like clips and whatnot is is Carmen like the Disney person in the household? Or are you both like Disney fans? I think both. Yeah, we both are um kind of a just a general backstory of us. We actually met through TikTok. Um uh we obviously spent a lot of time apart uh before we got married. Um so we have a we had a lot of time to watch movies and things uh together via uh we watched over um what's the Amazon Amazon Echo. Echo, yeah. Um so we watched a lot of Disney stuff yeah. uh, during that period. So we both are are big Disney fans for sure. Wait, wait, I want to interject a question here. How do you meet somebody on TikTok? Like I'm so curious. <laughs> uh that's that's on me. I guess yeah. I just uh, you know, quote unquote slid into the DMs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, Eric was the one who's making all the time videos. I was just scrolling there and saw the video, hit you, like. You had a lot of videos. No so. few on there. Okay. <laughs> well, you had a lot I of always videos, tell so. people my secret weapon are the DMs. So uh, now I know like it's uh, a super powerful weapon there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious before we ask the next question, um, start to finish how long does it take you because i mean these uh these recordings that you put out they're no longer than maybe 30 seconds but you're talking about storyboarding putting pen to paper going through 20 different versions so start to finish how long does it take you to make one of these clips um depends how many times she tells me that she wants to make changes (laughs) sometimes few hours sometimes six (laughs) Yeah, I mean, some of our longer videos um, are are enchanted journeys. Those definitely took longer. Yeah, for sure. But the the shorter ones, I don't know, probably three hours. Yeah, four hours. And plus, like day to day, just finding the right music. Yeah, that's one of the tougher things that that we've really tried to uh, come up with theme wise. You know what I mean? Uh, we want to make sure that we're respectful to the community on choices of sometimes uh, I would say some of the darker stuff is probably more influenced by me and <laughs> the funner, livelier ones Cinderella. <laughs> are, are inspired by, by Carmen yeah. in regard to music choices. <laughs> well, all of your guys' videos have been, have been great. And I've definitely noticed as you've continued making them, just like with everybody else, they continue to get better. But I also, to bring this back into the card game world, I also understand from chatting together that this is your first real TCG experience. Uh, uh, For Carmen specifically, Eric, you've kind of collected some magic and Pokemon cards, but why Lorcana and why now? Mm, Yeah, (laughs) so with the last year, my husband always went on with the Pokemon, trying to get me interested. I mean, don't get me wrong, the opening packs are so much fun and like finding the cool cards, but the Pokemon just wasn't something I was super, super interested in. And also, so he always scrolls through Twitter and started hearing rumblings of Lorcana. So from there, I started getting interested at that point and really fell in love with the cards and the connection to the Disney characters. 
was it the art the yeah. art <laughs> oh yeah for sure for sure agreed the artwork is so good on this uh set one and set two doesn't look like it's uh falling any far behind what about you eric um i mean i knew that uh, disney would sucker in to <laughs> ttgs <laughs> So you were specifically trying to find something that would get her interested in the hobby, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a fun experience. I mean, I wanted her to, what what I've experienced with, you know, magic in my, uh, in my high school days. I mean, that's really when I started getting exposed to magic. Over the past probably like 10 years, I haven't really paid attention to it as much. But then you know, two, three years ago, I kind of started getting into Pokemon again. Um, we did, you know, we, we did everything together, uh, ripping those together, but she just never really seemed like super interested in it. So yeah, so it was cool, but just not my cup yeah, of tea. <laughs> so I kept dropping hints, you know, and as Lorcana ramped up, uh, I just kept kind of poking and and showing her stuff on Twitter uh, of, of some of the cards that are coming out. And she really started to take an interest then. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of us kind of got into Lorcana like even a year before it was released when it was mm -hmm. announced at D23. How, how far into the, uh, how long have you been interested in Lorcana? I guess is what I'm, I'm asking here. So we were in Estonia we were in when Estonia. Uh, oh when when it kind we kind of started seeing so like half a year ago six eight months ago yeah, probably yeah, yeah. so it's when, been a good while yeah yeah it took some uh, courage I think on her part to really embrace this and you know start putting out content so. yeah. <laughs> How's the reception been and how have you enjoyed putting out the content like i know it's scary like we were scared the first time we put stuff out there but it gets a little better over time and and i'm just curious how you feel now that you've actually been putting stuff out there uh i mean i think i'm still a little bit shy with it but uh the time goes on the more i feel it good and do you feel like people have overall been pretty receptive I would say so. I hope so. <laughs> I think so too. I try to be one of your cheerleaders. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. So you've been doing a bunch of pack openings and in order to do pack openings, you have to have packs uh, and you've been able to get your hands on actually a pretty good amount of products. So how did you manage to do that? A lot of people just can't find product or uh only a little bit so how did you manage to have enough to be able to do all of this pack openings and all these videos and just having finding what is it two enchanted so far so uh just let us know your do you have a secret uh who's your dealer <laughs> my dealer is my husband <laughs> but we've yeah we we have found the product in a lot of different ways uh but uh yeah i would leave that up to Eric mostly. I just usually tell him when we need more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to kind of expand on that, I know a lot of people have had questions about that. Uh, I am the one that pretty much does all the buying. So, 
uh, I mean, we've we've gotten it all over the place, though. I so mean, many stores. Yeah, we've gotten lucky at Target, uh, Walmart. Most of that was just single booster packs, and I think one trove. Yeah, yeah, one one trove. Um, we've gone to a couple of uh, LGSs here um, that we've been lucky enough to find product when they had it. Um, definitely not at MSRP at the L LDSs. Um, but I think right now, the last time I looked, we are at an average, I think just over $10 a pack, which most people will say that that is a pretty high number, but for the, just the, the new game, uh, the collectability, the playability of this game. You know, I've done a lot of research on this game uh, in the past. I think we're happy, you know, with what, what where we're at from a, from a financial perspective on what we've uh, bought these for. It's just, it's been so refreshing getting into this and, and putting out this content together you know, we're, we're early in our marriage. This is something we're going to remember forever type of, uh, thing. Yeah, for sure. This is something we share as an experience and the community. Oh my gosh. The Lorcana community is, is just amazing. Everybody's so positive. I, I think we've maybe had, I wouldn't even call them negative experiences on Twitter. Um, we both share the Twitter, like we both flip back and forth between Lorcana Queen and our personal Twitters. So we both see everything. We we're literally like one entity. Uh, we talk about this all day, every day right now <laughs> um, and, and share. We, we literally type out responses on Twitter and, and look through Twitter together. It's just a, it's an amazing experience. Awesome. That's one of the reasons I was trying so hard to get my wife into Lorcana because <laughs> that is something fun to share together. So going forward, what are your goals for Lorcana? Like, do you plan on heavily collecting future sets? I mean, or was this just because it was set one and something that potentially uh, is going to be long lasting and have lots of collectability this first set? Uh. I would say definitely long lasting. I think we plan just maintaining uh, what we're doing with the collecting and growing the Lorcana community. But as we talk, then we definitely want to do some giveaways. And also I am super, super excited about uh, chapter two. So long lasting. Yeah, I think as long as the community continues to enjoy our content, we'll, we'll be here. Um, giveaways are going to be a, a a big part of our future yeah we know we're in that position to be able to do that um it's important for people to get their hands on this and and not only i mean yes as we went into this we were mainly collectors but getting into the community seeing how amazing the gameplay is and seeing the the position that people are being put in from a financial perspective just to get this product uh, you know we want to we want to we want to give back so well that that leads perfectly into my next question which is 
from the collector side, you guys are all in on collecting and opening packs and seeing what you can get. But how about playing? Do you guys play the game against each other? Are you guys going to a local game store to play in a league or playing online? And, or are you just like easing into that? Or is that not part of your Lorcana journey? Mm, we we have attempted to play the game ourselves ourselves and uh, watch some play online. But right now, definitely it is uh, for both of us a uh, beginning of like learning it. But uh, just the other night, Derek uh, turned on, I don't know if I'm going to say it now correctly, but Chibrisi on Twitch. And that was really fun to watch. I think it. Is it why I don't know how he is breezy mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I know who you're talking about he's a fellow team flounder fan yeah yeah, I, yeah it's it's why why breezy I think is his username <laughs> sorry I, I'm a fan but I don't have the name memorized yeah, yeah he's funny he has so much energy mm-hmm. he does mm-hmm. and uh we also have never seen uh league play in person but uh, that would be excited exciting to see at one day absolutely yeah, I mean, uh, like I said earlier, the game looks like it's so much fun to play. Uh, watching online, um, just seeing the strategies that you guys uh, put out there on on Twitter. I personally love, like, I love that that aspect of the game, mm-hmm. the the strategy mm-hmm. uh, behind it, and I don't fully understand everything that that you guys talk about, but again, it goes back to growing the community. I think Carmen and I are pretty good about reposting a lot of stuff that we see regarding mm-hmm. strategy, how to play, because not only do we want to show people how beautiful this game is from an art perspective, uh, we also want to make sure that people understand that this is a very playable game, very, very fun from everything we've seen uh, from people post online. And I think that's important and I, I I think we'll we'll definitely uh, get into this and and play it. I think yeah. Carmen's a little uh, nervous about about, <laughs> about learning it all, but I think it's understandable. We have we have to at this point. It's just yeah. it, we're missing out on a huge aspect of it. Million dollar question: Are you going to be sleeving up those enchanteds and throwing them in your deck? Oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> question there <laughs> no <laughs> no that's i would not do that personally probably not probably that's not <laughs> no i know people that have i know that there are some people who just like let me go buy four enchanted maui's and throw them in my ruby amethyst deck and i'm like we, we've seen we've seen the pictures Old. yeah i'm mean, like okay you can, you can do that but uh, i certainly wouldn't yeah <laughs> that's not not me no I mean, if you want to flex, you, right? You know, you flex. <laughs> and you guys, you pulled two enchanted auroras, and that's my absolute favorite um, enchanted card. So, what was that like? I mean, you shared the one road to enchanted, and I think Eric, you were the one that opened it, and you're just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, <laughs> you you show the emotion that I don't have when when I did my box opening at Gen Con and I got an enchanted. I was like, "Oh, cool, nice." Uh, alternate art card and people are like that's it but you had the emotion so walk us through what was that like i love it reactions <laughs> like <laughs> both times when we have uh, gotten those uh, enchanted cards 
that's that's amazing. He jumps up, he screams, he's like, oh my God. So I have to tell a funny story here though. So I opened I opened the one Aurora, right? But going back to Pokemon for a second, and and I don't know how much you guys are in that world, but uh, Evolving Skies. Are you guys aware of Evolving Skies and Pokemon? Anyways, there was a Moonbreon card. Uh, Umbreon. Okay, I know the one. She's the one who pulled it. <laughs> you have the magic touch, huh? <laughs> That's a beautiful card. It's absolutely amazing card, yeah. So she pulled uh, uh, a very awesome card in Pokemon, and now I've pulled a very awesome card in Larkana, so I think we're even. We're even, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my next question, and I guess if you haven't played the game, maybe, well, we'll just see what you come up with. And James, I don't know if you had a chance to read this too, but I think we could all answer this one. What card do you currently think is going under the radar uh, in the Lorcana gameplay world? Um, I'll answer first. Okay. <laughs> um, flounder, right? No, no, everybody knows about flounder. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, uh, like, I think. Things are about to shift uh, heavily. In um, so it, it's really hard to, to say, I think, right now with Chapter 2 coming out soon. But I'm going to ponder for a second. All right, I'll share mine while you're pondering. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've actually been seeing it pop up a little bit more now, but the uh, Insteel Captain Hook Thinking a Happy Thought, I think is the name of the card. Mm. the one where he's flying uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> at first I was like why is my opponent not attacking my flounder with his baby hook mm -hmm. I thought that was so weird but they were saving him so they could shift on to Captain Hook thinking happy thought by turn three and that hook is such a menace because cards that are three cost unless I think can't attack back into it and it has that challenger icon so uh, it attacks for five and it can take out like a Rapunzel. Um, but also you play it on turn five and you can sing a song like grab your swords or a whole new world. I think like it's on inkable. So that's, I think that's why it's flying under the radar, but when people get it out and it gets going, I think it's a really good card. I think that's one of, that's probably going to be one of your, I'm talking to Carmen, sorry. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that probably is going to be, the toughest uh, for you to pick up will be um, how you can uh, you can ink things and you can play them out into the field mm -hmm. and then sing you sing songs. I mean, yeah, you haven't gotten that far into it yet. Yeah, I'm trying to decipher right yeah. now, <laughs> but uh, we like her and I have been we were heavy into all sorts of card card games, like actual just general card games, uh, trivia, uh, board games, puzzles. Um, and I think some of that were, we want a little bit more of a challenge. And I think that's where also 
I want us to get into pivoting into something that involves more strategy and, and things of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't I still don't have my thought on the under the radar. <laughs> no worries. I'm gonna say I I think that the the Emerald Beast legendary card is going to come back into or actually first it, it was never in anyone's like high value decks i think it's something that could be made use of uh with its ability of exerting everything that's damaged and all of the pinging of damage that we can do now that's going to be coming in with all of the different uh characters that like you know exert to cause a damage they don't have to be exerted you can just do damage to them and then play your beast and then everything's exerted and then you can go to town so i think that one some that one can come in and and definitely have some use in the future i mean i know that there people say that uh not every legendary can be great but i think that i think that they made it a legendary because it can be useful if you build the right deck around it and so i think think from us doing we do we track everything from an inventory perspective Yeah. yeah um which I find it really interesting that you say that because right now Emerald is one of the cheaper from a, if you were to like, if you have like a full playset with that, it's one of the cheapest out there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that beast is compared, compared to all the other legendaries except gone to, I mean, it's, it's like the second cheapest one, I think. Yeah, maybe take eyes yeah. is cheaper, possibly, or around the same price. But it's like a five dollar card, and you're like, that card's going to be really good in certain decks, in probably in just a set or two. I think with all the different ways that they're going to be adding cards that can do different things. So we'll see. But I just think it's, I think it's one of the hidden gems for future sets, possibly. But yeah, so it's good that we have a foil of that. <laughs> <laughs> in that yes. Case. Oh, I didn't say my favorite card. (laughs) (laughs) Who can guess that? Uh, Aurora. Aurora. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Well, it's absolutely amazing. Like if you will see it in person, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, seeing pictures of it. It's it's different when you see it on a picture and if you actually have it in your hands. Yeah, it's so amazing. They did such a perfect job on those enchanted cards. I mean, I love it. Yes, they're awesome. I mean, if I would, if I were to like, if this was like three or four weeks ago, I probably would have like, I probably would have said like John Silver or somebody like that. Right. But I feel like I feel like over the past month, month and a half, from everything we see on Twitter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, people have really come back to understand the power of him yeah as content creators do you have any advice that you would give to those looking to get into content creation we ask this of everyone who's a content creator yeah so i would say that uh, be yourself and uh, just do what you like to do because there are other people out there that enjoy the same things and you just have to find them and also make people feel included to create safe, enjoyable community. Because I I really think that it's very important. 
Yeah, I'll go to the other end of the spectrum. I fully support what you're saying there. I think that's it's super important. Um, but I would go to something a little bit uh, different and say document everything you do because you never know when there's going to be a moment. Um, if you if you're seriously like if if you want to do what we do, like from a visual perspective and, and create pack opening videos. That's what I'm talking about here is like literally document everything you do because yeah, but if we have done like our own, we already made things, we already did that mistake. And yeah. Yeah. That first enchanted when we found it. Yeah. The first enchanted we found, we were not prepared. <laughs> we were not, we were not recording. We were just doing our own, own rips and it, we were sitting in front of the tv and just for fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> so as soon as she saw the the enchanted symbol she turned on her phone but it was it was it was it's not the same as as what you guys saw with the second one you know what i mean right so now do you guys set up for every single pack you open yes <laughs> after that we definitely have <laughs> Yeah, awesome. we, 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 we're not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I go to my local Arcana League and a few weeks ago, I, you got a pack for showing up mm -hmm. and I opened up an enchanted Aladdin. Like I never would have, nice. never in a million years would I have guessed that I would open up an enchanted from my weekly prize, uh, support from my right. league. And, yeah. uh, it's like you say that's the importance of of documenting everything so yeah, if you're if you're trying to do what we're doing yes document everything obviously if you're just uh if you're i mean if you're doing anything else whether like if you if you're if you just want to tweet or i don't what do they even call it now i don't even know what they just call it. tweet come on <laughs> <laughs> you can keep calling it tweeting the, the new term for it is posting but yeah so generic and bland that's boring yeah but i mean that yeah if, you, if you're trying to do what we're doing document everything yeah yes yeah, so, so doing, what yeah like if you're doing what uh gameplay i mean just record yourself playing the game all the time right absolutely you never do know it. when you're going to have some combo or something that you're like wow that's a really cool thing that needs to show off you know how that works so absolutely which actually, right. uh, uh, we want to we want to do uh, stuff like that though as we learn the game. Mm -hmm. uh, we mm -hmm. want to start doing some recording. I don't think we want to give away too much. Just a little teaser there, but <laughs> we do want to start uh, creating some content. Uh, going back to growing the community. Of uh, I, I I think you mentioned this, but. I completely agree with Carmen that I think you're going to see a different aspect with this game of people like us coming into this who don't have a whole lot of knowledge with TCGs. And you're going to have some people diving into this as collectors, but then realizing how playable and how fun it is. And that's what's happened to us. 
And I really think it would be a valuable piece of content to be out there and available to the world to document that journey of learning this game. And, and we hope to, we hope to do that at some point in the mm-hmm. future. Here. Mm-hmm. That leads right into my last question here. So at the end of the day, what is your ultimate goal with making your content? Like if you were to look back 30 years from now and you're like, yeah, well, uh, when we were making content for Lorcana, we made it like, what is, what does that look like for you? Uh, well, in addition to that we just said, I think one thing that's very important to us, is, what we have not yet been able to do is to go live. Uh, we really want to go live to share our like actual authentic opening experiences and we want to make this uh, product accessible to buy by uh, doing rip and ships and we really enjoy opening packs but we also enjoy the thought of uh, getting more people into Lorcana so ripping and shipping would really do that and we also would do giveaways on our lives for sure yeah James has been trying to talk me into doing live uh, content pretty much since the beginning. That's super scary. It is scary, but also like at first it's it will be scary, but then you'll be already in it and yeah. you will enjoy it. You just never pay attention to that little number in the corner of how many people are watching. You oh, yeah. Never I mean... pay attention to that because you never want to understand that there are actual eyeballs on you. You just do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And then you and then you're done and you don't have to worry about it. That's what I do when I do live. I will tape that corner not to see it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh just to piggyback on that too. Um we kind of also kind of teased it a little bit today, but I think one of the the key aspects of this too, if you're saying from a future state. Where do we want to be? I think one of the things we also have an opportunity to do um, is bring 3D printing ideas into Oof, yeah. into Lorcana. Um, whether that's oh my gosh, what was who was the guy uh, who posted um, the the Mickey Mouse uh, lore counter? Yeah, it was like Monster Fergus or something. Oh, oh a lore counter. Are you talking about that little statue? The little yeah, 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 yeah. That he aged, aged, painted, and looked aged, and it's looks yes. coppery one. Yes. Yeah, that thing's really cool looking. Like we wanted, I mean, I know three D printers are more accessible nowadays, but I think we can come up with some really cool ideas. Um, we today. have come up really good. We, we have. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just haven't put them out there yet, but. Today was just a kind of a test the waters of seeing if people are interested in that type of thing. But also I think um, tomorrow, I think we have scheduled in our brains to incorporate uh, a 3D aspect, a 3D printing aspect of our first giveaway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, that I just want to say that that's something we want to incorporate. So. If anybody listening has some ideas, feel free to shoot them to us of something you'd like to see in the community, anything you guys would like to see uh, available in the community. Um, I know that there's already stuff out there from just doing research on 3D printing uh, with Lorcana, but I think that's 
a really cool thing. I really enjoy doing uh, CAD stuff. So um, even if people aren't buying it, I'm still going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Shall we jump into the ending segments here, James? Yes. And uh, the ending segments are Lorcana Lexicon. What do we have for our Lorcana Lexicon today? This was by request. The term is grading. And specifically, the genesis of this question is because I had somebody point out to me that on eBay, there was a grade 10 flounder that I could buy for $14.99. And uh, I was like, why not? Why not? So grading is the term. So the way I understand grading, I've never done it myself. Uh, you guys have been talking about Pokemon cards. I have a couple here that I'm interested in getting graded. Um, but you send it into a company and the Lorcana world, typically the company's called PSA. This one, this flounder that I'm buying from, it's like CSG. I don't know. So they're different companies, but I think that's the one. Yeah. But but PSA is the big one. You send it in and you try to send it in as pristine as you can. Mm -hmm. And then they have somebody there who grades the card. I don't know what the metrics they have are, but they have like metrics based on how centered it is, how clean it is, if there's any artifacts on it. And depending on how clean the card is, they'll give it a score out of 10. A 10 out of 10 is a perfect grade. And then it goes all the way down to like a zero where it's been uh, through the washer and <laughs> and uh, ironed out and submitted. I don't know why you'd ever do that, but I imagine somebody may have. I, I will actually tell you why people would do that, because population reports are very important to some collectors. So if there's a D23 Elsa promo that got a grade two and there's only one of them, someone will pay for that because there's only one of them. That's fair. <laughs> it's It's crazy that a two, which is, you know, 20% of a perfect card, someone is willing to buy and not for like $2 for decent amount, amounts of money. So it's it's a weird world. It's it's definitely a whole other side of collecting where you can get stuff graded by, I think there's so many companies out there now. I think there's like four, uh, like you mentioned, PSA is the huge one. They do more cards in a month than I think most of the other companies do in an entire year each or even combined. Um, so they do like a million cards a month now, I think. Beckett's a huge one too. Yeah, uh, they're the next biggest one. Um, but I think they still only do like 100,000 a month, maybe. Yeah. That for some reason though, with Beckett, their black labels just, black label is like a perfect, yeah. perfect 10. 10 centering, you guys are, you guys are going to make me nerd out here because <laughs> I'm, I'm well aware of all of this because from, this goes all the way back to like when I was 13 years old, me and my dad bought a uh, almost full run of Fantastic Four comic books. Wow. We had, we had uh, numbers 10 through 416. And we did a lot of grading with, with some of those. So that I, I've always paid attention to that uh, from even uh, getting into Pokemon and things of that nature. Um, so 
yeah, I'm I'm well aware of of how deep that that rabbit hole goes with with population reports and and all of that. Yeah, and it, there, it's it, very huge. Yeah, and there there's different things like PSA has. I mean, you have to go online and you can see it. You can just look at their grading standards, and they mm-hmm. have slightly more lenient standards than some of the others. And like you mentioned, the Beckett pristine 10, which is where they, they have subgrades, they call them where they grade like four different things like edges and surface and centering and all that. And if you get four tens, then you can get a pristine 10. And so far, as far as we know of the D23 promo cards, the seven D23 promos, there's been a single card that has gotten a pristine 10. And that was a a hook card and from what I understand, that card sold a few months ago for $25,000. Wow. And the normal PSA 10 hook sells for like $1,500, $2,000, something like that. Are there any estimates out there of how many of those got handed out? The, the sets of with the foil, which was the six cards, not the Mickey, but the other six, there mm-hmm. were 900 sets sold at D23. Wow. And we know that they gave a set to every employee, and then they had a few others that they did for, like, giveaways, I think. So there's more than 900 sets, but we don't think there's more than 1,000. Um, and for years. the Mickeys, now we, that's, that, yeah, that's the Mickeys we don't know. The estimates are anywhere from, like, 3,000 to 10,000. But um, I think we're all pretty we've, – we've kind of looked at, you know, like, the rate of people going through the booth and all that kind of stuff, and – we think it's somewhere between three and 5,000 actually with probably closer to 5,000, but then you have a bunch of them that were ending up in trash, ending up in pockets. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. They're very low. If basically most people consider the D 23 cards to be the, the Supreme collectibles for Lorcana currently, and maybe for all time. It's pretty crazy. Why would people throw them in the trash? <laughs> yeah, I, I have a hard time believing that one. It's kids going through the line, you know, little kids get it and they uh, play with okay. it and then, you know, stick it in their pocket and then mom's cleaning it out later in the day and they're like, oh, they threw this in their pocket and then it just goes in the trash. It's possible, but I don't think there's very many. Very many. Like three, four, maybe, <laughs> you know. All right. Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about the news here. There is a lot of news. This one I found when I was scrolling through Facebook. I was just scrolling randomly, and there was an advertisement from Good Housekeeping for the best toys of 2023. So I grabbed a screenshot, shared it on Twitter. On one side, there's a like robo dog, and on the other side, there's a picture of the Lorcana product. And it said, Your kids will flip for these, or something like that. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I, I put it on Twitter and I was like, has, has Lorcana officially made it? <laughs> but it is only ranked number 18 out of the best 20 of the year. So has it really made it? It's not top 10. <laughs> but but the fact that it even made it onto yeah. a like top toy list yeah. for something that's mainstream like this is, is mind-blowing. Really I mean, yeah, we've talked about, is this going to be the Tickle Me Elmo? And well, clearly it's not because it's not the number one toy. The fact that it is even amongst the discussion of the top 20 toys, period, is pretty incredible. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, if, if Disney throws their, their full weight into this, which I think Carmen showed me the uh, post you put out earlier about... Um, 
well, it, it's expanding into 10 different countries, I think it was. If Disney yep. puts their full weight into this and, and keeps going that route, I, I mean, the sky's the limit with this. Yeah, it will make it. Yeah. I mean, essentially, and the thing is, is Disney has thrown basically zero weight into it so I far. I know. I know. Yeah, they've like put so. it in their theme parks and advertised it at the Destination 23 and put it on the Disney Cruise, but yeah, that's pretty much been it. Yeah, it's not been any. It's not been widespread at all. And and so that was the other news, uh, which was this morning actually, was the news that uh, Lorcana will be expanding into ten more markets uh, with set three, uh, and also be available in Italian starting with set three. Uh, and it's like Mexico and then a bunch of European countries, right? Yep. So that's where and it's the, expanding so far. The little thing that I put with this too is a lot of the. Uh, hobby stores that applied for organized play for set two got an email saying that uh, they were not expanding at this time but in set three they would expand so between this news of Lorcana being in 10 more markets with set three and expanding organized play in set three to me that confirms our hopes <laughs> that set three is going to be when there's going to be plentiful product Set three is going to be when you go into Walmart and Target and it's not like there are 12 dudes lined up waiting to see if the stalkers are going to put out Lorcana because it's going to hopefully be there. And if not there, then it's going to be at your local game store. Like I firmly believe that set three is when a lot of this pressure from the scalping prices is going to decrease. I'm actually very interested of uh, is it ever going to make it to Estonia? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know they're expanding. One of the markets was Czech Republic and Poland. So, I mean, if they keep making their way into Eastern Europe, there's definitely yeah. a possibility. Yeah, Poland is not that far away. I don't know. It, it would be so awesome to see, but it would also be, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Estonian, the language. It would it would be funny to see that on Disney cards. Yeah. I don't know if they would ever, you know, publish it in Estonian. It would probably uh, be in English, like they're doing for Spain yeah. and Mexico. Yeah, yeah, because like uh, if we think about the Pokemon, then we did buy a few packs in Estonia of Pokemon, and it was in English. It was unfortunately very overpriced there. But... Oh yeah, extremely. Yeah. So with that news, we also got actually quite a few brand new cards from set two. Uh, let's go through those real quick. Uh, we got uh, first up uh, two more of the OP promo cards. We got the full versions of. We got uh, Bucky, the Squirrel Squeak Tutor, the two cost one one with Ward and his ability Squeak. Whenever you play a Floodborne character, each opponent chooses and discards a card. Uh, and he's got one lore, and uh, this is a pretty awesome card, I think. Yeah, it definitely is going to find its slot in some Emerald decks. I mean, the one thing against it is the 1-1 stat line. It does have Ward, though, so like the next card we, we're going to talk about can't target it. Um, so that should give it some sticking power. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty nasty to make your opponents discard a card. For sure. And uh, speaking of that next card, that is Robin Hood Capable Fighter. Uh, two ink, uninkable, uh, one three, and the ability Skirmish. 
exert and deal one damage to chosen character. And he also has one lore. So this is pretty fun. So you can damage unexerted characters with this. Yeah, this is going to be pretty good at dealing pot shot damage. And we'll also <laughs> tie in well to another card we're going to talk about today, which is the beast card. Um, but I mean, we all know how annoying the Steel Prince Hans is when he quests and does one damage. This is going to be, you know, much the same. Now where it's a uninkable, you know, people are going to have to think about including that in their deck if it's worthwhile, but it's a pretty sweet ability to deal with those Lilos and baby Mal's and Phil's. Like this Robin Hood just takes care of them. So the next one... The next one we got, we got from the Lorcana HQ Discord server. It's uh, another steal, and it's an item card. It's from the Great Mouse Detective, so that's our second one. And it's called Mouse Armor, and it's a two-cost, uninkable item. And its ability says protection, and it says exert. Chosen character gains resist plus one until the start of your next turn. And that's pretty sweet. Like, we've seen a lot of abilities that last on your turn. But the fact that this lasts until the start of your next turn, that's pretty sweet. Yes. And it's in Steel, where some characters already have Resist with the newer characters that are coming out. So this is going to just add that one more extra on them to make them even harder to challenge and remove. Because they're going to just soak up so much damage. I mean, can you imagine a Cinderella with resist plus three yeah or even if you have two of these or if you're playing sapphire steel and you have a cogsworth in play and now they have resist four right so, and so you're going to basically need hard removal in order to get rid of them because how many things do you have that not only can eat up that four resist but then also like that that cinderella has how much willpower like six five yeah i think it's five so you need what? Nine damage to get rid of them? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sick. That's crazy. So anyway, that's mouse armor. But uh, with a caveat on this, uh, I was listening to the Glimmer Gang, and they were reminiscing how in set one we had a lot of the evasive cards come out uh, at the beginning when set one was being revealed, and everybody was like, is evasive going to be overpowered? Right now it feels like resist is in that same boat. Like resist is the set two equivalent of evasives. And so I think we need to reserve judgment on power creep <laughs> until we get the rest of the set. Yes. It's not overpowered. It's powered. It's very yes. good, but it's not <laughs> going to destroy the game. Yep. Uh, next up we have improvise uh, in Emerald. It's a one cost action and it's pretty simple. It's chosen character gains one strength this turn and draw a card that's it that's pretty awesome though for a one cost it replaces itself and you get that extra little bit little push of attack to take something down well an emerald was desperately lacking for card draw yes I and mean, this is basically maleficent but as an item or as an action and you think about that mini mouse uh deep diver that gains plus two lore when two actions are played. I mean, this is one that could easily go into that because it's one cost. Yeah. And replaces itself. 
and actions are something that Emerald really likes to make use of with uh, the Artful Dodger Mickey and uh, Lady Tremaine things, and also the, the I can't remember the name of it right now, but the one that draws an action back. So do it again. Do it again. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, actions are definitely something that Emerald is uh, leaning into, like Sapphire leans into items. Somebody's gonna figure out uh, uh, an Emerald deck here with all these actions. Yeah. So next we have the card I was referencing earlier. It's the six cost on Emerald Beast Relentless. It has four strength, five willpower. Storyborn hero prince uh, ability says second wind. Whenever an opposing character is damaged, you may ready this character. And I just have to say crazy. Well, first of all, it was crazy how this card was revealed. Right. It was revealed at Spiel and Essen as Steve Warner was playing some games against opponents. I was actually talking to Steve. I was like, now, is this rigged where you knew you're going to draw or did you just draw into it? He's like, no, I honestly drew it into it. He's like, and I was just dying to play it. Yeah. Could so, you imagine? So it might've been in his deck for one or two games before he actually was managed to draw it, which would be hilarious. He's just like waiting and waiting and playing games and just waiting to see if, uh, if it comes up and it finally did and someone's like took a picture of it real quick and posted it online they're like new card that's yeah, pretty awesome way to do it but let's talk about how amazing this card is do you think this card's amazing it is amazing uh it's a legendary so you know it's meant to be amazing whether it will be the most amazing uh we'll have to wait and see it's definitely very powerful um it has a, a very high potential to be a very good card. Yes. The only drawback, of course, is that it is very removable. Uh, there's no ward on it, so it's not protected. And it doesn't do anything when it's played, so it has to sit there for a turn before you can make use of its ability. Unless you have something, an item that maybe will give it rush that will allow it to attack immediately, but that just get lets you get an attack in, and then as soon as you damage, you can ready it. So you can get that attack in and not have it, you know, go away right away. But um, in general, if this stays on the board uh, to your next turn after you play it, yeah, I think this card can be very dangerous. You could easily get six to ten lore just from this card. If you're playing steel, you could easily quest with beast multiple times. Yeah, exactly. But... Go ahead. So exactly. I mean, you got if you're playing steel as well. I mean, you have all of that stuff. Like you said, all of that damage you can do, just little bits of damage. Robin Hood and and Hans and plasma blaster, plasma blaster. And and if you have other characters on the board that you could rush into your opponent, I mean, not rushed but challenge into them. And this that is readies why, this beast up. And this is why having that emerald beast the other legendary emerald beast the, the one in chapter one is so good because if your if your opponent didn't exert some of their characters you can have both beasts on the board when you play that second beast it exerts everything that's already damaged so you can wait until you damage a few with that ping damage every time you're questing with that beast getting that points and then you bring out the the next beast and then everything's exerted and the characters you have can now attack so, we have so much to learn. Now, I think one of the spiciest things about this card is what we're missing on the English version. Do you remember when this card first dropped? 
it had a little box with a quote on it, some flavor text. Yeah, but then that they said the flavor text was not correct, and it will. I know, hard. I know they said that, but still, I feel like we need to talk about it. What did it say? I don't exactly remember what it says, but it talks about a book of legends and how Beast was looking for somebody that escaped the book of legends. I mean, I feel like story we forgot this. This is going to be story involved in the in the game. You know, the story of the game, the lore of the game. I do. I think so. Yeah. And they just didn't want it coming out that early in the second set, maybe in the third or fourth set, because they did say that the first two sets are basically setting the ground for everything. So maybe it's just something that they're like, let's just hold it back until third, fourth set. Let's just say when the Book of Legends is referenced again in the future, there might be a meme for me that says, Remember the Book of Legends text on the Beast from Germany? Citizens of Lorcana remembers, and it's the Pepperidge Farm guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next one. Wait, you guys you guys uh, make it so noticeable to us that we have so much to learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are doing fantastic. We've been doing this for a year. So I get I wanted to ask one question. What what would you say um, from a new player perspective? What is the toughest thing with Lorcana uh, to to learn? James, you want to go first, or you want me to? Go ahead. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I have two things. The first one is sequencing, because in a lot of games, there's like a set order. Like you do damage, you do actions, and then blah blah blah. But in Lorcana, you can do damage with one. And then sing with another and they do damage with another. And then you can ink like there's no order. And so being able to optimize your sequencing and making sure you get everything right. Like when I first started playing, when we had very limited cards and coconut basket was a viable card. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I had coconut baskets on the board. And then I play a character and forget to exert coconut baskets to heal two damage off my character. So just figuring out the proper sequencing. And then I think the number one strategy is just figuring out what to ink and each deck is going to have a different strategy. So I don't know if there's a hard and fast rule for that, but generally in the beginning, you want to have a nice curve for me, for me. Anyway, I like to have a nice curve that I can build up. So I don't want to ink like all my ones and just have, twos fives and sixes i like to have like a one two three four ideally in my opening hand and then the rest can be ink but uh yeah just learning what what you want to ink and what you don't want to what you want to keep i think mine goes along with a piece of what jared said which is how he forgot the coconut baskets and i think the hardest thing with learning a trading card game is just how much there is involved with every aspect of playing the game because you have to as you mentioned know what to ink you have to know how to mulligan you have to know lines of play uh what your what you've played what your opponent has played uh what they may still play uh what your win condition is for your deck and how you're going towards that aim while you're playing there's so many things that you have to know if you want to play this at increasingly higher levels 
Yeah. But with all that being said, the fun thing is that you don't have to know almost any of that for this game to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the, the best thing I think about this game is that it can be fun if you just read the rules and you understand the rules and you go from there. Everything else will come as you play the game. Uh, all the little things about like rules of like, can this do this? Or, you know, can this do this at this time? It's like all of that will come as you play. But if you just start playing the game, the game will come to you and you will have fun with it because one, it's a fun game. I mean, even, even when I'm like in the middle of a really tense battle with someone at the local game store, it's still fun to play. Attention. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> the, the game creates attention for me. The the other thing James was talking about lines of plays and mulliganing, being able to play online through tabletop simulator or Pixelborn, Pixelborn. Yeah, you get to a point where you recognize those lines of plays both in your deck and in your opponent's deck. And I do try to play with all the meta decks so I have an understanding of each deck myself. But it's gone to the point where when I'm at my locals and my opponent is playing a Ruby Amethyst deck and it's turn five and i'm like here comes the dragon fire huh and they're like oh how'd you know (laughs) or turn seven you know you you know that you need to learn to play around be prepared turn eight you probably know that there's going to be an elsa or an ursula coming out and turn nine there's probably going to be a maleficent or some combination or if you're playing amethyst or sorry amber uh steel with the song deck you know that when ariel comes out you should probably expect a grab your swords or a whole new world. And you'll know because they have to show you the card that they draw. Mm-hmm. But I mean, those are the things that you learn when you get those repetitions. That's, yeah. the, that's the best thing is just playing the game, repetition of the game, and then the game becomes just second nature. And then you can move on to the next thing of recognizing the more detailed aspects of it. Cool. Did that help? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that definitely gives us a sense of of what we need to pay attention to as we pick this up. But at the end of the day, as James said, the most important thing is to have fun. And oh, sure. there are two types of players. Like there are those like James and I that are trying to jump into the competitive aspect of it. But there are so many people that just want to throw cards down on the table and play with their family and. Mm-hmm. have fun with their starter decks like that's perfectly acceptable so it's just a matter of finding out what the fun part of Lorcana is for you like james said that tension when you're playing against somebody and every time i'm playing against a ruby amethyst deck i'm convinced that i'm gonna lose because i just did for so long and even when i'm ahead like 15 to 4 because i have a really good anti ruby amethyst deck I still am just waiting for them to freeze my deck and come back and win the game. Like, I don't know. There's something about that tension that is palpable. Well, I mean, when you start seeing tournaments, like Carmen showed me, I don't know if that was today or yesterday, where you can win two cases of Lorcana. It's going to get some people in there. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be trying to win so hard. And there's yeah. 200 and something people that have signed up already that's crazy yeah. that's a lot that's a lot of people that are just you know, like trying really hard to win a game 
it's going to be it's going to be a blast to watch that happen from afar <laughs> that, was that in miami yeah it's the yeah. miami one yeah wow Carmen said she always wants to go to Miami, so. Right? <laughs> I think it's time. <laughs> That's only like two weeks away. Uh, <laughs> and a half, right? Yep. Easy. Starts on the 22nd, I think. Wow. All right. We have two more cards. Let's get through those real quick. Uh, why don't you take the, the first one there? All right. So the first one is another item. It's on Sapphire. It's three cost inkable. It's called Fang Crossbow. And this comes to us from the Raya and the Last Dragon franchise. So it has two abilities. Careful aim. says exert. Pay two ink. Chosen character gets minus two strength this turn. The other one is stay back. And it says uh, exert. Banish this item. Banish chosen dragon character. So the implication here is that we're going to get more dragon characters in this set. This card itself is, I mean, well, it remains to be seen how useful it will be. I mean, it is called Raya and the Last Dragon, so we can't expect more dragon cards because right now we have one. I would think so. Dragon. And isn't there like a Sisu uh, playmat or deck? Uh, deck box and, and sleeves, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah we're, we're definitely, definitely getting, getting one Sisu. So we're getting more dragons. Yeah, we'll see how good this one is. But this is an item in Sapphire, and that's the same one that has Bell, Maurice, and Tamatoa. So this is definitely uh, definitely going into the item slingers kind of thing and seeing if that'll make that work. Uh, and then the final card revealed this week, uh, also from Raya, uh, is in Amber, and it's an action. And it's a two-cost uh, uninkable. And it's uh, pretty simple. It's Banished Chosen Character who was challenged this turn. And that's pretty awesome because it allows you to send like one of your cheapy little one cost characters into something big and then play this and banish it. So you don't even have to finish damaging it. Or I was even thinking a card like Rapunzel, she's great at questing, but she's terrible at providing any kind of defense because she's only one strength. Right. This card turns her into a legitimate like uh, offensive weapon or SME. I mean, there's so many cards in Amber that have high willpower, but pretty low strength that this yep. card is going to be, <laughs> it, it, it's going to see some play. I'm super, super excited to see all the Raya cards. Yeah, that was such a good movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. I loved it. All right, now it's time for Disney Jeopardy. Are you guys ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, we're not we're not super strict. So as long as if you're in the ballpark, we'll uh, we'll give it to you. Okay. What um, is? What is? <laughs> oh, what is? Okay. In Estonia, is... we don't have that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so for one hundred, and again, the points are meaningless. It's just how Jeopardy goes. For 100, this is the name of Belle's father in Beauty and the Beast. Belle's father. Oh my gosh. Crazy old. What? Who is Maurice? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, Carmen for the <laughs> win here on the save. Okay, for 200, this is the only dwarf 
to not have a beard in Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I think it who is Bashful? Carmen, do you have a guess? No. Probably I can tell you in Estonian, but right now in English. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was giving us a clue. <laughs> Who is do, okay, okay, guess again. Guess again. It's the youngest one. I don't know if we, we, we haven't watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in a long time. Okay. Though. Who is Dopey? Dopey, of course. <laughs> All right, for 300 here. This yeah, she, is... can tell you, she can tell you in Estonian what that is. <laughs> yeah, it should okay. be. If you say in Estonia, then Eric can translate. Wait, do you speak Estonian, Eric? Oh, I I can. I can. If I hear it, I can understand what people are saying. I cannot okay. speak it myself. <laughs> So for 300, this is the name of Moana's pet pig. Oh my gosh. We just oh my gosh, smaller. we literally just launched it. This is a shout out to our good friend Walter. This is his favorite character. This is embarrassing that we don't know oh, this. We literally just watched it. It's really funny because this character, the pig, is like in the beginning of the movie and then not in the rest of the movie. Yeah. And only comes back in the end. Yeah. We see Hey Hey through the whole thing. Yeah, Hey Hey. Yeah. All right. Oh my gosh, I I can't, I can't. It's I, also is... it's also a bear, kind of, in other movies. A bear. Yeah, I have bad, I have bad hints. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Pua? Oh my gosh, that's Pua. terrible, James. What's Winnie the Pooh? Like, uh, Winnie right? the Pooh. Pooh. I get it. I get the connection. <laughs> yeah. All right. For 400, we're moving past that hint. <laughs> in, <laughs> in the movie Tangled, this is what Rapunzel has always dreamed of doing. Always dreamed of doing? Stars? Yeah, I mean, she wants to see the lanterns. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah she wants to see the we literally just well, watched that well, too. <laughs> she says to see stars. Yeah, she thinks they're stars. I'd take either. Yeah, because she thinks they're stars, but they're the lanterns. So I, w I would have accepted either answer. <laughs> All right, we're this is a tough one here. They're never going to get this one. Never? No, well, I don't know. Maybe. Let's find out. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't have gotten this one. Let me tell you that. Okay. I would have. Okay. For 500. <laughs> in Finding Nemo, this is the address that Dory re repeats in order to find Nemo. 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Oh. Wow. <laughs> little faith. Wow. Without hesitation. That is awesome. Do you remember the name before it? Oh. Is it? Uh, I have to picture it in my brain. Hold on. Is it something with Peter? It's the it's the oh. dentist office, right? Yeah. I don't so remember. She says P. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way. P. Sherman. Oh. I had the P. <laughs> oh man. I am wow. impressed. That's awesome. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Escape. Escape. <laughs> All right. Three out Very of five. Good, you guys. Well done.
Yep. Okay, so to wrap this up, if people want to find the two of you online and see your amazing content, where can they find you? Um, which one's which? Um, Twitter is at Lorconaqueen. Yeah. Unfortunately, on TikTok, I originally goofed that up. Oh yeah. And it's at Lorconaqueen one. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're not the original. Yeah, yeah. And also, we joined. Uh, we joined Twitch because uh, we want to. Um. Go live. Go live on there at some point, uh, along with TikTok. But mm-hmm. um, somebody had taken Lorcana Queen on there as well. So we are also Lorcana Queen one on Twitch as well. <laughs> well, just show them who's best, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, who's All right. number one, Lorcana Queen one. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> and if you liked what you heard, you can follow us on YouTube. You can subscribe. You can subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice. And you can follow me on Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. And James, where can they find you? You can find me everywhere online at Dan Regal. And you can check out geekshotphoto.com for photography and social media links for my wife and I. And thank you all for joining us. And we will see you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.